Welcome to the Social Standard Podcast. I'm Jessica Phillips, and I'm the founder and CEO of The Social Standard, a full-service influencer marketing agency. As a leader, I'm always striving to set new standards in our industry. My goal with this podcast is to highlight those who are doing the same. On each episode, our guests will take us through their own journey, what motivated and inspired them to try something new, and how they ultimately set the standard in their field. On top of that, they will provide actionable insights and ideas on how you can set the standard in your own way. So grab a cup of coffee and let's get to it. All right, guys. So welcome back to the Social Standards Podcast. Today, we've got a really exciting guest. Jordan Haddad is the CEO of Acre Mezcal. And I'm very excited about this brand. I'm a personal Personally, I'm getting into Mezcal myself, so this is an exciting conversation. And then Jordan and I actually share some parallel paths in the, <laughs> in the career field. So before we dive into all things Acre Mezcal, Jordan, um, first question for you is, where are you at today? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. Um, so, so I'm based in Los Angeles currently, and I think you're probably asking, how did I get to, to this point where I am today? Uh, yep, so it's, you know it. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. So, so I started with really a, a traditional finance background. I went to the University of Michigan, uh, Ross School of Business undergrad, and then I spent two years at an investment bank called Lazard, working uh, M and A and a handful of of consumer aerospace and defense, uh, all kinds of deals that we probably don't really need to get into on this podcast. <laughs> and then from there, I spent two years at a hedge fund called Oak Tree Capital on their high yield bond team. Uh, which again probably is is about the opposite job from from what I've gotten into today, and I was at this point in my career. It was very it, it was rigorous. It was it was uh, uh, rewarding, but I was finding myself somewhat unsatisfied and looking for re- really one one a more entrepreneurial jump and two a more just uh, a, a more stimulating and and and, uh, and and rewarding and personal sure. jump with what I wanted to do next, and that's kind of what brought me to. To Acre and the project, I was I was down in Cabo with with my family having dinner at at this most beautiful resort, and the owner Stewart came and sat down next to us, and we just started chatting and and became friends. And they had an early version of uh, of the Mezcal product that we have today, and he gave me a bottle for my birthday. And this was right at that time that I was that I was looking around and trying to figure out my next move. And eventually, I I came to him. I started getting really passionate about about Mezcal. And I said, Hey, like, let me, let me take this thing and let's run with it. Wow. That's, that's a pretty incredible story. I mean, do you have the, do you solve the bottle? Oh yeah. Gave you? No, that's a, we should, we should absolutely do a comparison then of like where it was mm-hmm. to where it is now. How interesting. Yes. That's funny. And did you, so you just happened to find the resort and to go down with your family and it was. Yeah, you know. it was, it was a complete coincidence. I mean, just, uh, was, it was just there dining and says Stuart's really the friendliest guy in the world. Uh, so it makes perfect sense that he that he came and sat down next to us, and uh, yeah, it's really just one of those one one thing leads to another to another, and you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So were you you were just getting into mezcal, or was that the first time you'd actually had mezcal? I had maybe had a little bit before. I was probably drinking mostly tequila at that mm-hmm. point, uh, as as many in Los Angeles do. Uh, but yeah, it was my first foray into it, and even just having you know so many things about about the bottle, there was so much to learn from it about where, where it came from and the way that it's made. And that's kind of what got me sucked in on mm-hmm. the Mezcal journey and starting to learn more about it. Um, on top of just starting to learn more about the, 
the industry and the amazing growth that it's gone through. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's really, it's a true art form, right? It's a craft, it's a passion. So yeah. that's incredible. So did you, did you get back on a plane, go back to Oak Tree and say, Hey guys, I'm out. What, what, how, did, <laughs> how, did that, how did that come to fruition? Um, so the, the way it worked, it, it was a two-year program. So I knew I was moving on anyways from what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was kind of dead set on not doing something that was quite so traditional and choose, mm-hmm. choose a different route than what, than what most of my peers were doing. Yeah. Um, I don't, I definitely didn't think it would be this much of a break from, <laughs> from the finance world, but here we are. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's kind of at that point, it's like, well, you go back, get your MBA, you go on, what do you do? So exactly. yeah, I, I hear you. I, I was kind of at the same fork myself. Um, and ended up going to the startup world. So I support the decision. I think it was the right move. Um, and it's certainly, it's certainly more exciting in my view. Absolutely. It's a whole different kind of, uh, of, of stressful mm-hmm. and challenging. It is. That's definitely true. Yeah. It's, you feel a little more in control, but also the control actually creates a stress. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. So, um, you know, thinking about I guess before we jump into even more of this, tell us a little bit about Acre. I mean, we have Acre Baja and then you have Acre Mezcal, but give our listeners kind of the, the full view of what the experience is. Yeah. So the brief background on our project is the the Acre Resort uh, was founded in Cabo, Mexico around five years ago. Um, it's a 25 acre gorgeous farm to table restaurant, treehouse, villas, and it's really sprung up and become in my, in my somewhat biased opinion, the the best place to go in Cabo. Um, and it's truly just an incredible exper- experience. And our project started as one of the bartenders um, at the restaurant basically started going around to different regions of Mexico and sourcing small batch mezcal from these places and bringing it in. And it was, it was essentially bootlegged. Yeah, that's uh-huh. the best way to start it. Right? And, <laughs> and just, and, and being given to the guest as, uh, as an amenity. So we view we view the brand as so, somewhat an extension of the ethos of uh, of the resort and where they come from. Um, it's just such a it, it's such a natural place that it speaks very. It, it's a natural partnership to uh, to to the mezcal that we have and, and the people that we have producing it. That's so cool. I, I love too uh, that from what I've read, the story involves everyone at Acre Baja, right? Mm-hmm. You're talking about the bartender going out and bringing it, and I think even I thought I read that it was so popular among the guests yeah. that that that's sort of what led you guys to go out and say, we need to make this a, a real thing. Exactly. I think the, the guests were just enjoying it so much and they were, they were responding so well to the packaging um, that we really saw, saw the opportunity to go and use and use the platform of Acre. In a lot of ways we view the resort as our celebrity in this equation and that, and that we get, we get a couple hundred heads a night who come in, who interact with our brand in a very personal way Maybe they do the free mezcal tasting upstairs. Uh, in any case, it, it creates a real connection with everyone that that comes into contact. That's amazing. I mean, I think that's that's true storytelling and brand building at its core, right? I think you you see now, especially with everything being digital, brands sort of skip that like the ethos of why the brand exists, and it sort of just turns into, hey, we've got a product. Let's put a lot of Instagram ads behind it and see how much we can sell. So I think this is a nice breath of fresh air and different 
mm-hmm. to true brand building and, and storytelling, right? I mean, every time I look at that website, I'm like, why am I, first of all, why are we not doing this podcast? <laughs> we, we should be doing right? it in person in Mexico, I think. <laughs> exactly. Next time. That's exactly what we should be doing. <laughs> um, and I've already planned my trip there like 500 times over. It's, I mean, that property is absolutely beautiful. I mean, you can tell it's Stuart and Cameron, um, Cameron and they I mean, I don't know how involved, if, it, if this is just a true labor of love those guys were, but the property is gorgeous. It's, I mean, it's gorgeous. They, and they're, they're extremely hands-on day-to-day. I mean, most, but most of the plants are, are brought in and half of them, I feel like are actually planted by, by, by my business partners. <laughs> that's um, incredible though. Yeah. That's what you want, right? Yes. I mean, I, I think that really, that's most likely why I'm guessing sustainability is such a big marker for your brand. And do you want to just talk a little bit about the sustainability aspects? Because I think that's so powerful. Yeah. So sustainability is a huge, it's a hugely important to us. And it's also a very important issue in, in Mezcal in general. Um, And it's just something to be aware of in, in the industry and the brands that you interact with is that the way that the agave plant works is at a minimum, it's growing for seven years before it's harvested and turned into mezcal and it can only be harvested once. It's not, uh, it's not a perennial plant such as, such as grapes, which are used for wine, obviously. So when you see the, the explosive growth that you've seen in the mezcal industry, it creates a natural supply demand imbalance in that mm-hmm. people didn't necessarily see this coming 10, 20 years ago. Um, and in a lot of ways, production has struggled to keep up across the industry and so it raises concerns of, of over farming, early harvesting, not allowing your plants to, uh, to reach their full maturity and then repollinate the area around it. So it's very important to us that we allow for the long-term sustainability of the agave plant. So we work with producers who do all kinds of interesting things with the plant. Uh, for example, our label itself is made out of agave fiber paper, uh, which is really cool. So it uses the the leaves of the agave plant, whereas mezcal just uses the heart. Uh, so this right. allows us to use really the the entirety of the plant and put it to a good cause. Um, and it's just a cool, it, it's got a cool tactile feel to it. Uh, mm-hmm. In addition, one of our producers allows half of his agave plants to grow to full maturity. And these are the more rare agave types. For example, one of our plants takes 25, 30 years to grow and it, and it only grows in the wild. And by allowing wow. half of them to grow to full maturity, he can't use those plants to make mezcal, but it does allow them to be repollinated by the local bat population. Um, I bet bats have got a bad rap lately, but but, but <laughs> no, but, I don't. But they're don't think great so, for actually. mezcal. Yeah, they're great for mezcal. They're great for a lot of things, actually. We have um, we're we're out in uh, just outside of Nashville, and we're right by the lake. And mosquitoes are a big issue here. Mm-hmm. So we're actually looking at getting bat houses because they're supposed no to be way. amazing at uh, get rid of, getting rid of mosquitoes. So I think great support the bats. Yes. We yes. We, we, we love the bats as well. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, awesome. you know, so, so it's important to think, but he's, he's really allowing half, half the plants he could be using for his production today. He's, he's putting into his family um, and mm-hmm. you know, allowing for, for the future down the road, 30 years that's, from now, it'll pay off. That's incredible. And is that, is it a similar path? um, with tequila. So tequila is, tequila is actually a type of mezcal. So anything that's distilled from the agave plant goes under the category of mezcal. The difference is the species of agave that's used and the region. And in general, tequila is a much more industrialized process than mezcal is. In tequila, a lot of the time you might see some, some additives or big industrial steel ovens, 
Um, the blue Weber agave, which is what's used for tequila, is also very easily farmed, mm-hmm. uh, which is part of what allows for there to be made more more mass market tequila products. Uh, whereas mezcal, you, you do have some types that are easily farmed, such as such as the espadine, but many are only harvested in the wild, or they take a much longer time to grow, and they tend to come from small rural villages and have really small authentic production processes. That's just really cool to see. That's, I mean, it's super interesting, right? And and when you think about, I know you guys have a a variety of different types of mezcal on your site. Um, Is it, and I assume the, I understand tequila pretty well, because as you pointed out, I mean, I used to live in Los Angeles and tequila is a big deal there. Um, And I know you've got, you know, the, the silver and then the, what is it? The Reposado and then Añejo. So are there similar tiers to mezcal as well? So what you generally see in mezcal, so you you have Blanco or or Hoven, which means unaged. Uh, Then you have Reposado, which means it is aged in a barrel for a couple Mm -hmm. months to a year. And then you have Añejo, which is over a year, and then Super Añejo, which would be a few years aging. So in mezcal, you do see some Reposado and Añejo, uh, which, which adds some value to the products, especially in tequila, but it's much more common. What you look for in mezcal is the type of plant being used. Um, So consumers take a lot of interest in, in the species of the plant. When you say we have, we have four different varieties of mezcal people like, Oh, Oh my God, I love a Tobala variety. And they know that that's a hard to find uh, type of mezcal. So there's, so there's some value in that. And there's, there's a richness and adventure to it. And then you really got to pay attention to who the producer is and where it's coming from. And a lot of the value will come from the reputation of the specific producer himself. Very interesting. I mean, I think that's, I think it's really important. And I think it's definitely a trend that people are starting to finally understand knowing where you're getting your, your beverages, your food, all that sort of stuff is really important. Right. So it's interesting to see you guys be so, so far ahead of that. And I mean, it's, just to go back to the storytelling of everything, I think is incredible because when you look at like that, the Instagram life, right. (laughs) Or the millennials, I mean, they don't want to go to the same beach, you know, like Padre islands. It's like, that's not super interesting for people. What they're looking for is a unique custom experience that they're not going to share with 500 of their closest friends. So I think the whole, the whole process of Acre Baja and then extending it to Acre Mezcal is so interesting. Um, and it's, it's so smart in terms of the marketing. I mean, I know it, it comes from true passion and you can absolutely tell that. Oh, thank you. So, yeah. Thank you. And, no, you know, just... and, and to what you're saying, the, the transparency of the brand, it's, it's super mm-hmm. important to us for people to know where our mezcal comes from and the producers that, uh, that make it all the way down to on, on our labels on the back. We have, it's all handwritten product information about the type of plant, the producer, the village, uh, how many liters were produced, the way that the agave was ground down. Uh, so it's it's all very important for our consumers to know where where our mezcal is coming from, you know, and that kind of goes back to the sustainability and and ethical things that we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I um I actually ordered a few bottles uh, a few days ago, so I'm excited to get it in my hand, just kind of feel the label. Um, something about that I think is just is very very cool, especially when you talk about you know an experience, right? When you go to a resort, you understand, like you walk in, you're ready for an experience. You go to one of the restaurants on the properties, you know that that's going to hit every single one of your senses, but then to try to take that essence and put it into a mezcal, I think is, it's a branding challenge, right? Um, and you know, you said one of the ways you guys have done that is to really, is to use the fiber of the mez, of the agave, right? On the label. Yep. Absolutely. 
Super cool. Now, when you think about translating that that experience, that sensory experience into the digital world, right? Because we need to take this now from Mexico to the United States, which I know is one of the things that you've been tasked with getting it into this market. Yes. How do you, you know, as a, if you put your, your marketing hat on for a second, how do you take such an intense experience and make sure that the essence of what you're communicating comes through digitally? Yeah. So you're, you're definitely right that it's certainly, uh, it, it, it's a fun challenge to try and figure out how to communicate uh, everything that this brand stands for digitally, and you know, primarily, you know, Instagram life. That's certainly yeah. primary. That's our that's our main social <laughs> media avenue, sure. Uh, for sure. And you know, we we try and really focus on, we focus on on things maybe you can do in the home with the bottle. Where mm-hmm. you know, we we have a great product that works well in cocktails, and we try and you know, so it may, maybe we're sharing recipes, and maybe it's the recipes that are coming from from the resort or from a bartender partner who who we think is really cool. Um, yeah. So it's things that that will connect people to what's actually going on in in Mexico and and on the site, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and we're fortunate to have really the most amazing setting in the world for for content. Um, so, <laughs> so, so, so we're, we're really able to, to, to leverage that and, you know, and, and share, share people enjoy, enjoying the product and having genuine, amazing experiences down, down in Mexico or, or, or occasionally elsewhere and try mm-hmm. and have that come through, uh, to Absolutely. our consumers. And it is pretty interesting, right? Because you could, if you become, if you fall, if, and when you fall in love with Acre Mezcal, you can always take a, a trip down to Baja and experience the the sort of roots of where everything came from, which is very interesting too. Exactly. And I did, you know, obviously as a, an influencer marketing specialist here, um, I took a look at your Instagram accounts for both Baja and Mezcal, and they look great. I mean, Thank you're you. right; you guys are blessed with wonderful yeah. content. And honestly, uh, you're, you're you're missing the best one, which is which is Acre Dogs. Oh, uh, that's right. <laughs> How could I forget that? Yeah, that do you want to tell them about that? It's it's a this is a really um, again this is another spot on millennial like heartfelt thing, but it's, it's also very, very cool. So you want to share yeah, a little so bit about Dogs? It, it is the, the cutest account on, on Instagram. Uh, so, so Cameron's daughter, Rachel, uh, has started a, a dog and animal rescue project down there. It's really, it, it's really so sad in a lot of ways, but also so amazing what they've, what they've done where you, you find a lot of dogs, uh, in, sure. in, in the town of Mexico who are not, who are not treated well. They might find litters of puppies in their, in their doorstep or just on, on the road and they've, they've taken these dogs in, they take care of them, get them medical care. And they've found homes for, I think over 200 now, wow. uh, most, mostly in the U S and Canada. Good for you and guys. That's it, incredible. It's a real, it's a really cool project and more than anything, it's an amazing follow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I will make sure I follow them immediately. I actually have a, a good girlfriend of mine just adopted a puppy from Mexico. So I wonder if it maybe actually oh. came through. Um, oh, it's possible. From, from it could team. be an Acre dog. Yeah, it could absolutely be an Acre dog. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, well, you know, you mentioned Instagram as a platform that you guys have had a lot of success with. Is is Instagram kind of the darling for you guys, or are you seeing other platforms perform really well? So yeah, so Instagram is really where we found the most success so far. I think it's I've, the the visual nature of it uh, mm-hmm. really does seem to be the best way to to communicate the product. Um, so that's yeah. that's really what we focused on. That makes perfect sense. I mean, Instagram is the visual platform, right? Exactly. Uh, and I know we did a really cool event with you guys a few weeks back um, where we hosted, a, we had a beautiful booze, um, hosted a, a cocktail hour where we did 
we, we made some interesting, delicious mezcal inspired drinks. Uh, was that your first foray into influencer marketing? Um, so yeah, so, so Natalie at, at the beautiful booze did an mm-hmm. amazingly cool few cocktails with us. Uh, and it turned, it, it turned out excellently. We we're super happy with it. Yeah. Um, so we've had, uh, she, she was our first real partnership in that, in okay. that sense that we've gone with, uh, in, in a lot of ways we've, we've been able to kind of bank on it, it all, it all comes back to the resort and the people coming in, uh, so where we've been able to bank on that, that those kind of just organic, you never know who's going to pop in and, mm-hmm. and be fortunate enough to share, uh, to share some content with you. Um, but yeah, she, she's been a huge, she was an excellent partner and we, we've done a couple other one-off things, but, but she, she was our first, uh, our first big one. That's great. Well, we were glad we could support you for that one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I'm sure, you know, as things are sort of looking a little bit um, brighter here, you know, we can get more people in and, and down to Mexico. I mean, how, how have you guys, you know, for the Mezcal brand, it's one thing, but um, you know, for the resort, it's a totally different, but how has, how did 2020 really impact your, your business and what you guys were doing? Yeah. So it, it impacted everything. So obviously, so right. we started selling really just myself selling in California in mid January mm-hmm. of, of 2020. <laughs> so Perfect. it was like, we're here, <laughs> we're launching. I'm just kind of, I'm, I was really the only salesperson at the time. Um, I was just getting my feet wet, learning the the sales pitch and learning the ropes of how you want to get product out. And then, you know, boom, every restaurant shuts down. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, base, basically across the country, you know, we really had to, had to adjust on the fly to, to how we were going to do things with, with our plan, our plan really being, uh, what's called on-premise, which means re- basically restaurants and bars. Gotcha. Um, and with those essentially off the table for the year, we had to shift our focus to be more digital, more e-commerce, um, come up with ways to, to connect with, with potential customers online. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, that sounds like the plight of, of most businesses, but I know specifically that the restaurant businesses have been, you know, really impacted. Um, it's a tough, that's a tough time to start. The, <laughs> start the business. But I, I did read, you guys have had a lot of success though. So that's, that's gotta be promising. Even in, in a year, that's a tough one. You guys have had good success. Yeah. So, so we, we've gotten a lot of restaurant partners that we're really proud of. Uh, the e-commerce platform has been great and really a, a huge help has been that we won, uh, all but all of our products performed excellently at the San Francisco Spirit Awards this year, and especially our Cenizo varietal took home double gold, uh, which Amazing. is which is the highest award that they give out. Wow! Uh, so, congrats, so, that's huge. Thank you. So, so to have that just a couple months into our launch was was excellent, yeah, and something that we're really proud of. Marketing gold there for sure, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and it, it all comes back to the producers that we that we work with and and the amazing juice that they make. It's fantastic. Um, and you know, I, I noticed as well that you you've got something going on. Is it Star Engine? Uh, yes. So yeah. we are we're currently going through a crowdfund a crowdfunding campaign on StartEngine.com. Uh, it's StartEngine.com/slash/acre-mezcal. Uh, if you if you care to take a look, um, sure. I'm not legal legally allowed to comment on all the terms of the deal, sure. but you can certainly go on yeah. and do that. And ba- basically, what we're doing is we thought it would be a really cool way to raise money in a way that interacts with uh, with our potential customers, and mm-hmm. it's a way of of coming in for for a real it's it's a real investment. It's not uh, it's not a Kickstarter campaign uh, where where you can invest in the company and also 
kind of feel like you're, you're a part of it because you are. That's super interesting. Yeah. I mean, but it, it ties really well back into the ability to experience everything, right? Um, even being an investor. So I think it's a, it's a smart move and probably a, you know, a financially smart one as well, but it's, it's interesting. I think people want to be, you know, especially when you look at the social platform and the way that, you know, all of these, I would call them news influencers are popping up and you can contribute to so-and-so's account if you want to, you know, support their business. Like I, I know personally, I subscribe to several, um, blogs, right. That yep. you actually, I subscribe to and I pay for, and I, I love the thought pieces and the news that they get out. So people want to put their dollars to work for things that they believe in now more than ever. So I think it's a really interesting opportunity. I mean, I, as a, as just an everyday citizen, <laughs> I don't know that I get approached too many times to be able to participate in, you know, investing in a spirit company. I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been super fun to be able to take it to, to friends and family who've always kind of said like, Oh, you know, I, I'd love to be a part of this, you know, but you know, here, here, here's your way where for, for a relatively small dollar amount, uh, you can, you can have your piece of, of, of the liquor brand and, and genuinely yeah. say that you, that you own it. And from our perspective, it's like, we're bringing in, we're, we're, we're getting paid in a sense to, to have a thousand mm-hmm. new brand ambassadors. Yeah, exactly. And the brand ambassadors are key, right? I imagine, you know, when you look at new spirits and the launch of new spirits, I'm sure there is a, a standard roadmap with the way that you do it, but I think that the digital components are going to be really, uh, I think they're going to be very effective yes. for, for brands across the board. Yes, so absolutely. good for you guys. Yeah. That's super cool. Is there anything that, you know, thinking about where you were a few years ago to where you are now, I mean, what's, what's something that has just completely blown your mind about Mezcal and that you just never in a million years would have thought about? Yeah. So from, from coming from knowing virtually nothing about Mezcal, Sure. I'll say it, it it was genuinely a life-changing experience to be able to go to to Oaxaca and to Durango and see these villages where they make it. I mean the the this village in, in Oaxaca, Santa Ana del Rio, it's a 500 person Zapotec village that is I mean like in the middle of nowhere. It is a 3-hour drive outside the city down the bumpiest road you have ever been on with no cell reception for hours. You get there it's like Spanish is most of these people's second language where it is. The the, the indigenous language is, is their sure, first language. And they're all fourth generation Mezcal producers living. It's a, a very, very, very humble, kind of simple, simple life. True artisans of 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 what they do. It's the the, the agave plant has been in their family lifeblood for a long time. And they're so, so welcoming and so excited to share their product and just being able to go and experience that, which I think is a thing very few people actually get to do was, sure. was incredible. Yeah. It sounds awesome. It sounds like a, um, it sounds like a luxury retreat that someone would charge like an outrageous amount of money to go to. <laughs> also, <laughs> to there, there, there is to nothing to. luxurious about going to these places. <laughs> it just sounds like something that you would, you know, yeah. that a marketing company would spin up to make it seem like a very luxurious yeah. thing. And then yes. it's really it, is, sort of it, it is a full, full adventure. Mm-hmm. A full-on adventure, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, maybe that's the next um, the tourism spot, right? As you go, you go check out where your spirits are are grown and made, and, and the whole entire process. So, mm-hmm. sounds like there might be a maybe a retreat for you guys in the future to I, set up there. I think for for, <laughs> for a couple small groups, we we'll, we'll look yeah. into uh, into bringing them them down. <laughs> Very cool. Well, what do you guys have planned for um, 2021? Yeah, that's uh, that's a great question. So so alongside with the fundraise. Uh, fortunately this will give us a lot more budget to actually, to actually work with. So sure. this, uh, it does need more, 
more of a digital presence, more of maybe not that much more of the kind of influencer things that we're talking about. Sure. Um, as the world opens back up and hopefully continues mm-hmm. to open back up, we're really going to be able to start that push into restaurants, bars, retail once again. So we we brought on our first full-time salesperson uh, actually just this last week who wow. su- super excited about and she's going to do amazing things for us. So we're really focusing on rolling out in in Los Angeles and then okay. in Vegas actually shortly thereafter and starting to saturate those markets. And that's where most of our focus is going to be. And it's going to come with a, a more refined marketing pitch. Uh, we brought on a full-time marketing team in mid mid 2020. And I know they're excited about having a little bit of a budget to, to fully work with now. Sure. Um, so, so we're really looking for the whole package to kind of come together and, and start that growth trajectory. In a, That's exciting. Yeah. In a lot of ways, 2020 was a testing year for us. Sure. Yeah. Give you a little bit of a little bit of a testing ground and then you mm-hmm. can launch in a bigger way. So that's exciting. I mean, the, the process I'm sure of getting into restaurants and bars is, um, an all encompassing one. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too, right? Because you think about, um, all the different avenues and the, and the different levers that you have to push, because if you could get enough people walking into bars, asking for your mezcal, that's a pretty good way to sort of push the, exactly. <laughs> push the demand exactly. a little bit. More, exactly. Right? And it's, it is also on the, on the brand ambassador note when you can connect with, with a bartender and make them believe in your product. Oh, absolutely. Then, then they're the ones that will be out there pushing it to to the end users who's coming up to the bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I mean, that's that's the Peloton model, right? Mm-hmm. Or the Soul Cycle model, where every single instructor there ultimately became an influencer. Yes. <laughs> and you you would go to their classes, you would do their things, right? Because you were uh, a follower of them. Absolutely the same. The bartender. Um, that's kind of an interesting model, actually. So. Um, cool. Well, yeah, I mean, the digital side of things I think is important. It's obviously just as important as the, um, in-person stuff. So I'll be excited to watch how you guys expand there. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Um, Definitely some new content coming. Yeah. Super cool. Super cool. So, you know, thinking about, I guess, thinking about influencers, um, one question I like to ask people is when you look at influencers, and this doesn't be digital, this can be in-person, any sort of influencer, who's an influencer that has had, you know, a big impact on you or your career or your life um, that you follow? Yeah. Uh, well, so someone I've been following lately that I've found pretty inspiring. Uh, it's a guy named Jimmy Chin. And yeah. I, <laughs> he's quite quite a follow. And I don't know if anyone hasn't seen the movie uh, Free, Free Solo, if you want to make your palms sweat for a couple hours. <laughs> check it out but he was the he was the filmmaker behind that uh he's a a mountain sports athlete traveler i think it, it in a lot of ways captures exactly what we're going for yeah with that uh, wild with, spirit right yes with with, with, with Acre mezcal with uh with, with the wild spirit with you know it, and it all comes across as just kind of so authentic mm-hmm. to, to 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 who he is um and that's it's like this is who we're this is who we're making this for Right. Absolutely. It's, it's the That's super cool. Mm-hmm. And how did you guys think, you know, just thinking about this is who you're making it for. I think that what's the, remind me what the tagline is, but it's for a spirit as wild as you are. Uh, yes. Yeah, so it's been, uh, it, okay. we're, at, we're, at, we're, we're workshopping that a little bit right now, but it's been, uh, it's okay. been a, a spirit as wild and unique as you are. That's right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, it's, is that, so your target is a younger target, a younger adventurous I think it's a, a younger, you know, for, for anyone who doesn't fall within this target, it's, you know, it's, it, it's still for you, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. 
It's you know, for everyone. Yes. Yes, exactly. But you know, someone, you know, someone who who enjoys new experiences is interested in learning. Um, you know, they, they think someone who might, you know, who, who does who does the sightseeing when mm-hmm. when 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 they travel and is interested in, in learning new things from different from different cultures and maybe not just sitting on on a beach for their ideal vacation. Absolutely. It sounds like. It sounds like Jordan, you need to host a masterclass I might, on Mezcal. <laughs> I might. The, the thing is, I know enough about Mezcal to know that I am not an expert in it. <laughs> I've gotten to, I've gotten to spend some time with the people who truly are and can you know sure. can take one little sip and and really it's like wine. They'll tell you exactly where it comes from and then you know they can taste different things about the production method just from uh, really from smelling it or a couple sips. Isn't that incredible? It's, I'm always it's amazing. I'm always blown away that people do they have a, a specific name. These types of people, um, I don't. Is it the same as in, as in wine. I'm trying to think. There's a. I don't know if there's a name for an expert in like the tasting of mezcal. mezcal the, the, the the mezcaleros are the people who make the mezcal, right? Um, and they're 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 on a whole other level when when you do this every day. Oh yeah, I'm sure when you live and breathe it. Well, you know what? We can we can have goals. Yes, right? exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a it's, be, it's a lot of work, but I'm up to the challenge. To I, you know, I I think I would join you in that. So, so. De- definitely a labor of love. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, hey, I you know I appreciate you being on here. Um, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do have one more question. Um, just want to leave our audience with a little bit of um, advice from you. You know, when you think about. Um, Acre Mezcal, Acre Baja, and how you guys have really set the standard in the space on sustainability and brand storytelling, I think is huge. What piece of advice would you give to our listeners who are building their careers or maybe starting out a business, uh, you know, how and how they can set the standard and what they're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, maybe I can speak to the the importance of it sure. a, li- a little bit. And I would say there, at least in my business, there are a lot of people there are a lot of buyers who care very genuinely about what they're doing. And if we were BSing anything mm-hmm. through, through the process, they would, they would see through it and it would really affect our business at the, at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, just the, the confidence that I'm able to have to walk in there knowing that we have a product that does, that does all these amazing things that, that, that kind of backs up what it, what it says. It, it makes our lives so much easier going mm-hmm. forward. And it's really worth it to put the effort into developing the product and doing all that the right way. And you'll be grateful for it every day after your business gets going. I think that's super, super smart advice. And you're never going to be, you're never going to regret building a quality product. Exactly. Right? Absolutely. Quality matters. That's, quality absolutely matters. And um, I appreciate your, I appreciate the insight. And Jordan, it was great to have you. Thank you so much for um, coming on and we will absolutely be following Acre's success in the Mezcal and in the resort. Awesome. Thank uh, you so much for having me. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. If you're interested in setting the standard in influencer marketing, please check out our website, www.sostandard.com or give us a follow on Instagram and LinkedIn. Be sure to head over to the Social Standard YouTube channel to check out the video version of this show. If you're enjoying this podcast, please support us by subscribing, sharing, or leaving a review.